You're listening to Radio Free Satan. Enjoy the show. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Adam Campbell. It's great to have you. It is May 6th, and I've got a great show for you this week. Um, Briefly, let's speak a little bit to last week and just say, was that badass or what? (laughs) I mean, that was incredible. I, I, I have to say, that is by far, in the first three days of its release, the most popular podcast episode I've ever released. And I've been doing this over a year, so for me, that says a lot. Uh, <laughs> so for you, the audience, thank you so much for listening. And uh, you know what? If you can, spread the word. Los Escritores Satanicus is in motion, and the Kickstarter is available. So check the show notes, check the social networking sites, And uh, support the project. It's a good one. And that is actually going to be the focus of this entire episode of Nine Cents. I sat down with Reverend Kevin I. Slaughter. We picked through the Kickstarter program for Los Escritores Satanicus in depth, in unbelievable detail. And um, actually, we went off on a lot of tangents, which I kept inside. So much that we've got an hour and 40 minutes of just our discussion. Now, since I know all of you love to hear uh, Kevin and I banter back and forth about meaningless design, and I mean, we even talk about doors. Yeah, doors. Uh, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give this entire episode to you, because that's, uh, that's how important I think Las Escritores Satanicus is. And I speak to it specifically in the interview. Uh, so, Devil's Advocate portion? Yeah, we're going to be talking about Satanic Scriptures. How much more devil's advocate can you get? In the Infernal Informant, great news, there's a Kickstarter for Los Escritores Satanicus, the Spanish translation of the Satanic Scriptures. Uh, How much better can you get? And in Creature Feature, (laughs) guess what I'm going to be covering. That's right, Los Escritores Satanicus. I hope you enjoy it. Before we dive right into that interview, uh, I'm going to cap it off as the entirety of a devil's advocate segment here. I would like to um, reach out to someone who is going through a a bit of a a rough spot right now, um, letting them know that you are thought of, and you are powerful, and you are capable of getting through the challenge that you're facing. Good luck, my friend. And with that, let's dive right in to this Nine Cents and Devil's Advocate. Say why bother? How you done? Great. Let's cut the bullshit and get real. Why this purity you feel about evil? For Christ's sake, why? They don't lie to me. I guess, Father, 
You gotta feel that old nick in your soul. And it becomes clear. Like it did for me. The first time. That's when I realized my one true calling in life. And what's that? Shit, man. <laughs> I'm a born devil's advocate. Welcome to the devil's advocate. I'm a Satanist. I'm a member of the Church of Satan. But I do not speak for the Church of Satan. That is all. Tonight I'm being joined by a friend of the show, Reverend Kevin I. Slaughter. His new project and the topic of the show, Las Escrituras Satanicas, a Spanish translation of the Satanic Scriptures by uh, Magus Peter H. Gilmore. How are you, Kevin? Thank you for joining me. Hey, uh, thank you for having me on again. Um, I was really sure you had had enough of me the first time, so <laughs> this was a big surprise. No, um, no I, 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 I'm doing great. Um, and uh, the, the, the interview you just did with uh, Megas Gilmore was, was, was awesome. Uh, congratulations on that. Thank you. And, um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm glad to be talking to you about this, um, about the, uh, the Satanic Scriptures, uh, in, you know, in general, uh, the Las Escritores Satanicas uh, project, uh, which I've been told uh, my pronunciation of that is okay. So <laughs> just okay. you know, I know you know you you, you seem to have, have been a, a when you've when I've heard you say it, you you come across as if you're you know you're, you're laughing a little bit because you know that you're not a Spanish speaker, so yeah. it's it's a little awkward. So you know a little humility about it. That's great, and I try to have a little humility about it as well because I mean, I I you know I. I admit it, I am a monolingual American. I mean, it's not a point of pride. I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not one of these obstinate or resolved uh, people that, that, that just will not learn other language. I have a sprinkling of uh, Spanish, German, and French in my uh, vocabulary. But, but uh, you know, I'm like most other Americans in that, um, you know, I, I can, I can, Order food at a Mexican restaurant if it's uh, printed out on the menu, but uh, when there's a problem, like strangely enough, when we were eating at this authentic Mexican restaurant in um, uh, Upper New York State, uh, um, they travel that far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like my my wife ordered agua, which <laughs> no, I, I, I know is water, and then the lady was and the the waitress who. Who her English was as strong as my Spanish. Hmm. She just said a lot of things that made no sense to me whatsoever, and so I just said she'll she'll get something from that freezer over there. <laughs> Do, we'll can I ask it. you? Is that? Do you think that that's condescending <laughs> to, to to a native Spanish speaker? If you're like uh, dos yeah. agua por favor, and they like obviously knowing <laughs> you're you know you're whiter than rice and. You know, they're you know, just like, mother, just say, well, I know what you want. <laughs> you well, want I water I, I actually, you know, I, I, I've got to tell you that, um, you know, I, 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 I try to be conscientious about it, but, but this woman j just did not understand the English when we were using it. <laughs> Barely. She, she, was able, she was able to say cilantro, onion, and I don't know what cilantro and onion is in Spanish. I'm assuming it's not cilantro and onion. 
<laughs> that would you know, be awesome if it were. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe it is, and I'm just ignorant. I'm, I'm legitimately ignorant on this subject, which is different than stupid. For my own yeah, yeah, ego, sure. I want to clarify that that I'm 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 not proud of ignorance, but I'm comfortable with the fact that I am ignorant about most things. Mm. You know, I can't, I, you know, I couldn't build a microwave. I can use one. I could <laughs> build one. I'm ignorant of that completely, even though I rely on it probably far too frequently for my own meal. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so, you know, it, I guess it's fair in, in, in that, with with all of that as some sort of ridiculous kind of uh, preface, I think it's fair to say that I'm probably an unlikely candidate for spearheading a project to translate a book <laughs> into a foreign language. But yeah. you know, uh, I'm I'm project managing, and luckily I've got uh, a really good team of people. But we'll get to that when we yeah. When we I, talk. I, I certainly wanted to, to circle back to that because I, I do appreciate the humor therein. Um, <laughs> okay, so I would like to sort of, uh, you know, have a little bit of structure to this uh, mm-hmm. in that we start with the original, uh, the Satanic Scriptures, the English yes. translation, and then maybe we, uh, well, not maybe, but for sure, we transition into the um, newest version, and I won't insult everyone by trying to pronounce it again, and, you know, go in depth to that. And, and that's really going to be the focus of this nine cents. Uh, this, for me... See, and I don't speak Spanish either. Like I, I can, I can count to ten thanks to uh, uh, children's yep. programming. But I'm there. I'm there with you. <laughs> and so I can appreciate the need of uh, a foreign language edition. But more to that, it's what I think is important here is that it's the care and the attention to um, uh, uh, Dialogue and making sure it comes through and is, the translation is actually appropriate, no yeah. matter which Spanish dialect you're speaking, and and that is one of the reasons why I think it's it's so fantastic. Not to mention, yeah, that's a big issue with I it. I mean, the, you know, it, it's funny because Americans, I think, uh, have a monopoly or, or or act entitled when it comes to uh, authority over over literature. Mm-hmm. And I, th- it, we have to remember a lot of uh, what some would consider a cult, and a lot of what is uh, uh, sort of mysterious is our not fully understanding the language, and that mm-hmm. kind of goes both ways. And so I yeah. think there's something important about making sure that tomes like the Satanic Scriptures, though it's not a cult literature, um, per se, yeah, not not in the popularly uh, right. understood sense of the word, yeah. But it's important that it's available in other languages because who yeah. knows if we get nuked by North Korea, you know, that's going to be the <laughs> only one out there. <laughs> so. Well, I, I'll tell you why it's one of the big things for me, and I, you know, you said that you wanted some structure and you were wanting to start with the original, but I'm just going to uh, jump ahead real quick idea. for this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, um, uh, I'm a cat in a bag here, um, so. <laughs> If, just to, to to make this this kind of fine point, uh, when we're talking, when you are talking about Satanism, as you do, I mean, you're you're you kind of a, a you know a, a public figure discussing Satanism regularly with your podcast and stuff like that. So, um, and when I'm discussing it, if I've done you know would I've done some lectures and stuff like that, and you know, uh, and I talk shit on the internet, and. Um, uh, we're, we're, we're dealing with the English language and, and Satanism, 
um, you know, as crystallized by Anton LaVey, is is very much an American phenomenon and a, an American cultural phenomenon, and um, and and you know when if, if somebody comes up to me and says you know well you know don't you you know don't you just people just kill cats or just whatever ridiculous kind of um, cliched attacks you know like Geraldo Christian scare idea of Satanism that they have. You know, we can easily fall back on and say, well, you know, the Satanic Bible has been in print for 40 years. Uh, the, Sat- the Church of Satan has been around for more than four years, since, since 1966. Um, there's been massive media attention given to this. Academics have studied it. Uh, Christian academics have studied it. They know... So you could even go to a Christian source, and they know that you're an idiot for believing these things. (laughs) But we can't really say that about, you know, we can't really say that about, um, um, you know, Argentinians or, um, uh, uh, you know, Guatemalans or whatever, uh, because, I mean, there are some Spanish translations of the works um, they haven't been out there for 40 years, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have no, you know, I've seen some some crazy Mexican occult television, and, you know, it's not sane. You know, like, <laughs> I've seen some, some awesome stuff. I yeah. mean, you go into these little um, Latino uh, occult stores, you know, you know, they have awesome, like, uh, uh, you know, six-foot-tall statues of... You know the Grim Reaper, uh, you know, and uh, uh, you know, standing on a pile of skulls, and you know, all kinds of like uh, uh, Day of the Dead, and like uh, you can find like Santeria stuff and stuff like that. But, but you know, you, you don't see, um, you know, you don't see actual Satanism stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just I don't think, I don't think it's that popular. And I don't think it's been around. It's making inroads, but it's not about, you know. A, as with everything about Satanism, it's not about being evangelistic and trying to get converts. But if you can't even say, read the literature because it's not there, then it's really hard to make a case for it. So that's that's kind of a really big digression for a really small point is if the literature isn't even there, you can't say, well, have you read the fucking book? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that... Spanish language is just one small, tiny arena that it affects. So, you know, on a regular, I say regular, but, you know, every month or so, I'll get some weird, crazy correspondence from somewhere in Africa asking me to send demons or something. Just like some weird, crazy stuff. And I don't think it's their fault. You know, they just, they're ignorant. You know, they don't know. So, you know, it's incumbent upon us if we want to have a clear definition and understanding to provide said definition and understanding. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I will say that uh, you, you highly unlikely you'll see me uh, working on a translation project into, um, you know, a Kenyan language or uh, <laughs> anything involving clicks. It's, it's all, I was going to say, it's all audio. And it's yeah. just a series of clicks. And uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> they just, you know what, I tell you what, most 
uh, most of Africa just recently got the written language. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, we'll give them a few more hundred years and then <laughs> maybe start introducing some more kind of complex notions. Nice. Okay, well, uh, let, me, let me jump like way back in time here. Trouble here. What's up? I said I'm going to get myself into trouble here. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, all hate mail, please go to uh, info at kevinislaughter.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah. kevinislaughter at gmail.com. Go ahead. Fine. Okay, so shit. let's talk briefly about these satanic scriptures, the original yes. one. How did you get involved with that? Well, you know, the, Adam, the really, the really smart thing that I've done uh, for your uh, uh, audio podcast is I have some, some props here. Nice. So that's always a good thing for uh, for the audio format. But I've got, um, I actually have these books here um, that while we were working on it, we would get these dummy books, and I've got I've got the different you know that are that are just blank. That it's just like just this calls. kind of proto prototype of the book. They're, they're pretty nice. I'm going to make a little video actually that's going to show. Um, I'm, I'm glad you're talking to me about this because uh, I don't I don't know if Adam. Some some of your listeners are familiar with the um, video series I'm doing called Stay Down Here, and um, I've talked about it. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. I think I guess maybe we have. But I'm going to do a short video, and I'm going to show off not only kind of these prototype books, uh, like the you know uh, that that we as Scapegoat Publishing got when we were trying to decide how it's going to look and uh, the different versions, and I also have uh, I have some other foreign language translations as well. So. So I have, uh, so I have the terrible idea of having the props here for the audio only show, <laughs> but they help as a remind reminder to uh, let let you and your listeners know that I'm actually going to have some video of those uh, probably in a in a few weeks. Yeah. So, as you probably know, uh, Megas Gilmore um, has been had been working on uh, the Satanic Scriptures for well over a decade. Um, and, um, there are a couple of times that he kind of, he kind of announced it and said, you know, this is the, you know, the book that I'm working on, it should be out, um, in the not too distant future. Then a couple of years passed and, and nothing came up. And Peter Gilmore actually published the, the, the earliest mention that I recall of the satanic scriptures. Um, and I'm sure I had read mention of it, uh, elsewhere, but there was a magazine that was published in the early 2000s and the early aughts. Um, it was called Panic Magazine, and it was it was really cool. It was published by the guys who did uh, Bounty Hunter shirts, which are awesome shirts, but went downhill pretty quickly. But uh, it's kind of this, um, it kind of came out of this uh, Los Angeles uh, skate stoner death culture you know <laughs> pretty cool i mean you know i i'm a huge fan of uh stoner metal though uh you know i've never i i don't do drugs um but i love that i, I you know i love that fucking cheese ball like 1960s like uh occult um weirdness that was happening uh just you know the dark real dark shit obviously not the hippy dippy fucking stuff <laughs> no, yeah that wasn't really just the anyway. dark weird like devil worship like you know robes and shit like that. that all that stuff's fun um so in uh see i've got it right here 
volume two, number two, uh, which had like Larry Wessel, Peter Sotos, Adam Parfrey were in it. Um, Jim Goad, uh, you know, it's, so it's obviously a real extension of like, you know, that nineties, like apocalypse culture scene. Uh, yeah. um, and, um, uh, Peter Gilmore, uh, on page 22, um, if I can, these, 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 these props are so good for radio. <laughs> um, it was published under, uh, the name might is right an axiom for fledgling misanthropologists. And then it was, uh, then the, the parenthetical statement underneath it was an excerpt from the forthcoming book, satanic scriptures. And obviously that, uh, essay was reworked a little bit and republished, um, in the book as, um, a primer for fledgling misanthropologists, a primer for <laughs> yeah. fledgling misanthropologists, excuse me for the uh, mispronunciation of my own language, much less. Um, and um, uh, if you can find old copies of, of Panic, I don't know how uh, easy they were are to turn up, but they're, they're pretty cool. They've got some good, good stuff if you're into that. So he announced that he was working on it back so in the 90s. And this was this was in uh, probably 2001, I believe. Um, and I was excited about. I was obviously excited about the idea then. Around 2001, he you know he explicitly and in, in kind of this underground but still public forum mentions his book, The Satanic Scriptures. And Peter is a perfectionist. <laughs> nice. Um, and uh, so. We okay. We when I say we, let me see. It was about that time. It was it was around that time that I moved to Baltimore. I think we covered uh, some of my boring biographical stuff in the uh, in the previous interview, so I won't rehash that much. But um, we started doing. Um, you know, I, I went to work for Chris X at Reptilian Records, right. um, and uh, we launched uh, Adversary Recordings, which re-released the Satanic Mass, uh, etc. We released uh, Peter. We released for the first time uh, a collection of uh, music that Peter had done called Threnody for Humanity, and um, uh, then. Uh, Chris X and I started Scapegoat Publishing, and um, that was really one of the books that that you know I had in mind. If we could do it, I you know I uh, I didn't know why it wasn't published yet. I didn't know I didn't I didn't really care. I mean, you know that it wasn't published was great for me because I wanted to publish it. And um, Chris X and I uh, I can't remember who who contacted him first about it but we approached him he was uh you know we gave him decent terms and uh he agreed to it and uh we worked like hell to uh, to to put something together that um that you know he could be proud of and that you know and it's not just you know obviously i take a i try to take a lot of pride in my in my work as a graphic designer but you know as a as a satanist publishing a book by the high priest of the Church of Satan. Uh, that's uh, you know that's uh, kind of important for me personally, and I knew it was going to be. I knew it was going to be an important book for um, for for other people as well. 
Um, and so, uh, so, so I took it, I took it very seriously. And, and a lot of people don't realize that there's a, there are a lot of very small, boring decisions that go into, uh, putting a book together from just the typesetting aspect to, um, to, to just the book itself. And let me go and start discussing all these boring little details now. <laughs> now, um, I mean, there's some fun, weird stuff. Like, most people don't even notice it. If you look at the top of, um, and of course, I'm, I'm, I'm holding it up so that your, uh, so your listeners cannot see it. Um, <laughs> at, the, at the top of the book where the, the pages uh, connect to the spine, um, of the cover on a hardback book, there's um, there's a little fabric kind of ribbon at the top, and uh, we got you know we had this big folding unfolding swatch booklet that had you know dozens and dozens of different color combinations and stuff like that of little ribbons, and we picked a nice orange to go with the orange uh, typesetting uh, on the cover, uh, the orange and black theme that we set up for the book and. Um, well, yeah. I mean, let me ask you because yeah. that, that seems like a. I mean, from what you're saying, so you reached out to Megas Gilmore. You asked him if you could produce it. Oh, yeah. Was there ever a point in that process where you thought, "Oh shit, this is not going to work"? I mean, there, there's no way this is going to live up to what he's expect. What I want out of, I mean, you know, is, was there ever any doubt that you were because you ended up, and I ask it because. You ended up with an amazing product. I mean, Thank you. content aside, which is huh? amazing, the the piece is fantastic. And I actually only have a um, a paperback version, but even oh. that is amazing. So the production value is top notch. Was there a time when you were just like, I don't think I can pull this off? No, listen. I, well, uh, you know, I'm I. All right, so. I don't know if I said in the last interview, I hate repeating myself uh, uh, to people because I hate it when other people repeat themselves to me. So I try to pay them that respect. But since I don't remember, um, I'll say, you know, I try not to consider myself to be an artist. I try to consider myself to be a craftsman. I think there's an important mental um, – I think that's, a, that's an important – Import, it's important to distinguish those two kind of mental frames when dealing with something. You know, an artist, when you critique their work, they get prissy. Uh, but a <laughs> craftsman, if you critique their work and you have a valid criticism, that makes their craft better. Um, so, you know, I was, and, and Peter, besides being a perfectionist, also. Uh, very, you know, has 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 his definite opinion. Although, uh, you know, he was very cool with uh, pretty much pretty much down the line what I sent him. He was very he's very pleased with. But occasion, but he he is he is not slow to let you know when he uh, uh, he doesn't like something, which yeah. I greatly appreciate. Yeah. Um, as I always tell people when I'm when I'm working on a project, you know, I if you think it if you think it's great. Um, that's cool, but that doesn't help me. Hmm. That doesn't help me make it better, you know, because I don't, I don't really learn from you saying this is awesome. I, I, I like it, <laughs> yeah. you know, by all means, but you know, it's, it's, it's not in when, in the process of creation, 
it's not constructive. Um, so, you know, it, it, it took a while for Peter to, um, you know, he was, it's, it's obviously a collection of essays. So there had to be some, um, editorial decisions made on what he was going to include versus what he hadn't. Luckily, he'd been spent, he had spent about 10 years thinking about what was going to be in the book and writing new pieces and stuff like that. So he had a pretty clear idea. Um, and then it was just kind of working out the flow. And, and a lot of that was, was Peter. And we really didn't challenge him on most of it because uh, we thought the, the, you know, the, the order of the essays and stuff like that, uh, it all made sense. It all seemed to work really well. And, um, you know, there was, there was one thing that, uh, he really wanted he w- really wanted cream paper, which uh, that was great. But one of the weird things that we found out um, with our printer, and we we print in Singapore, um, is uh, it would have actually been cheaper for us to print cream color on paper, <laughs> and then you know cream yeah, color, yeah. and then the black letters. Than it would be to actually buy cream colored paper to buy paper Crazy. that was actually cream colored. So, uh, but you know, we didn't we didn't cheap out on it. We bought we got nice paper. It's a it's a real thick paper. It, it feels good. It reflects light good. I mean, you know, people don't really think about it. like uh, older older print on demand books were really bad about this because they used an ink that was a lot like inkjet. Uh, you know, or not inkjet, laser jet uh, ink, and you, it would be the letters would be reflective, and that's really that's really strange, and it's really terrible when you're reading. But um, you know, we s- spent a lot of time. Timothy Patrick Butler, um, yeah, you know, he did he did a great job with the illustrations. He didn't just do the illustrations that are in. The ritual section, which is the most obvious, mm-hmm. but there are the little details. If you look at the, um, um, if you look at every chapter opening, the uh, the the first page of every essay, at least, you'll see a little inverted pentagram with these rays emanating from it and uh, lightning bolts. Um, it's, you know, Timothy Patrick Butler did those little. Uh, uh, you know, illustrative uh, touches as well. And what, uh, that's what was the uh, what made you go to him versus anyone else? Uh, Peter, Chris, Chris, and Peter and I, you know, discussed uh, a couple of different illustrators, um, and uh, and it was really, uh, you know, we we wanted something. We we had some criteria in mind for what we wanted, um, and um, and and you know he met that he met the criteria and uh, you know was really excited about working on the project, um, and uh, and did a did a great job. Um, you know the he and Peter have been friends for quite some time, so I think Peter was uh, you know really wanting to 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 work with them on this and. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much it. Just, uh, uh, you know, he knew, you know, he, he happened to know somebody mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how and it works. he met the criteria, you know, we wanted, I wanted, you know, real 
crisp, clean-lined um, illustrations that were kind of evocative of uh, an older, like, uh, you know, occult scribal work. But but still something that had some personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that, that works well. The cover... The cover was a big. I don't even want. I wouldn't want anybody to see uh, my rejected covers. Oh really? Uh, I I just think they're. I've got. I tell you what. I've got a lot of covers that were rejected, and I rejected all of the covers, the the, the previous covers myself. Um, I've got a lot of covers that I've done for freelance work that are much better than what ends up getting put on the front of a book yeah. because you're dealing with other people but um, it's you know I think a lot of people are going to say well you know the, your cover is, is kind of obvious it's just a big Baphomet in the text um, as far as obviously you know the, and simple is really hard to do Clean and simple is really difficult to make look, you know, to to, to have that designed look. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, we've obviously, you know, there's obviously a precedent with, with almost all of the books by uh, LaVey that are explicitly like kind, kind of satanic dogma or foundational text, you know, the satanic Bible, the satanic uh, rituals, the satanic witch, at least when it was published as a satanic witch, the complete witch didn't have that uh, Baphomet on the cover. But um, so, you know, it's it's kind of obvious uh, of uh, carrying over um, simple text, uh, uh, you know, fairly simple cover, but still doing something um, unique with it um, and, uh, and, and, and having a nice nice balanced design and I tried to do uh, a few things few things that were more elaborate um, but I didn't want to um, you know I, I it this book will still look as good just like the satanic Bible yeah. looks like it could be published just like that today uh, I believe the satanic scriptures will will still have that same you know, this looks like, you know, it's not going to be dated. Nobody's going to look at this book and say, oh, that was, you know, clearly published in uh, uh, the mid aughts. Mm -hmm. Um, You can, you know, um, and most books, most books, you can tell when they were published by the, by the design. And that's fine because most books aren't any good. uh, uh, (laughs) And they're not supposed to be timeless like this is. Yeah. So, so that was an important consideration in uh, in in, a, in a pro- approaching the design work. Nice. Well, I mean, just sort of uh, piggyback that for just a minute here. Whenever I think of uh, ancient books of knowledge that I would personally look for, if it was uh, if I just walked into some random you know dusty bookshop. You know, I, I would ignore everything with a busy, colorful cover, and I would focus on the worn bindings and the simple, basic, uh, bold designs. Yeah. And I think the Satanic Scriptures definitely falls in line with that. It, you know, it's one of those books where it doesn't matter whether you uh, are 12 or 60, you can mm-hmm. appreciate 
just by looking at it, and I think this is the most important thing when in communication arts, that it's going to hold something meaningful. Uh, certainly if you are a Satanist, and then uh, even if you're not, you know it holds something powerful. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, sort of uh, backing up that, that design idea, I think, uh, I think it was great. So when you published uh, the Satanic Scriptures, um, you released it to the world. What was the uh, what was the immediate? Okay, well, l- let me say this or ask this: Did it meet your expectations when you released it? Well, for... when we oh, I'm sorry. Go... No, no, no. Just, just yeah. in the public. Yeah. Well, okay. So we, um, you know, we released three versions uh, on Valpogersnacht five years ago. Um, we announced the book. We actually uh, did a uh, secret email to um, some Church of Satan members uh, at the time, the day before. I think it was the day, maybe two days before the public announcement of the release. And we had printed about uh, 250. It's it's bad that I don't know that number. Uh on the top of my head, it's about 250 slip-cased editions uh, that we limited that run to. And those were all spoken for uh, within 24 hours because of the pre-announcement to Church of Satan members. Um, membership has its privileges. And, uh, and then, um, you know, within a day, all those 250 were spoken for, um, which is which which was awesome. Uh, we sold a, a, a quite a few of the hardback, um, and I think we only did, I think we did a print run of a thousand uh, copies total. So we would have had you know about seven hundred and fifty hardbacks, two hundred and fifty uh, slipcase editions, and um, and those all went pretty quickly. And now they're going for pretty ridiculous uh prices on on the secondary market and um which is why i uh i kept some for myself (laughs) (laughs) i'm no dummy yeah yeah um and uh yeah so i'm really pleased i mean it's funny to see that there's a copy of um i think there's a copy of the hardback edition listed for like a thousand some dollars which is i mean you know that's just that's just kind of ridiculous. <laughs> that's just somebody that wants to win the lottery, um, and maybe he'll find a sucker that'll do that. Um, and you know, if somebody in your listening audience has just done that, then I'm sorry, you're a sucker. You can get it. <laughs> I'll sell you one for hey, three quarters of that price. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, uh, well, I mean, are there still available? Uh, the Kickstarter is it even okay. an option anymore? So I mean, if you want a hardcover, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Certainly under the thousand dollar mark. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, that's I, I, that's actually uh, a, a perfect point that you make. In the uh, Las Escrituras Satanicas Kickstarter, um, there is a there's a pledge level, uh, which is you know to to pre order books and. Um, it's for three hundred and thirty-three dollars. You can get um, uh, both an English and a Spanish hardback edition. Um, so, I mean, really, 
I've 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 seen these regularly go for a few hundred dollars. Um, the 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 English hardbacks by yeah. themselves. Um, so I think that's probably actually a really good deal. I mean, three hundred thirty-three bucks. Uh, yeah, I'll admit that's a lot of money for two two books, but more so, these are going to be uh, these are going to be uh, numbered. So there's no um, there's no numbered English hardbacks. So this is the only only time that's going to be numbered like paired set. Mm-hmm. You know, if. Uh, you know, if, if that's an upsell to somebody, but but you can still get, uh, and there's there's nine. I'm actually surprised. We just started, as we're speaking now. We're we're only like four days into the Kickstarter yeah. event. It goes for a total of forty days, um, and actually, nobody has uh, jumped on that at all. There's gonna, we're only making nine uh, nine of those English uh, Spanish hardback combinations available. And um, two people have actually jumped on the slipcase, which is $666 for signed and numbered match set of slipcases. So there's only seven of those remaining. Yeah, and, and I'm, I think as a selling point, just to say, it's uh, it, like you said, uh, you're no dummy, so you have extra copies. So sure. this is an investment situation. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I don't think anyone would suspect that they're going to become a millionaire off of anything like this. No, no, no. But you can <clears throat> recoup your investment plus, and I would say in today's economy, that's a damn good investment. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and, you know, I cop to that in the promotional material. I mean, I know this is... And and, and I'm not trying to make... Um, you know, I'm not trying to make secondary market money from this. Um, and I made two... Uh, pledge levels, uh, pre-order levels that that take into account that these are most likely going to be worth more uh, than than their their cover price pretty quickly mm-hmm. uh, after they after they've sold out, and that's why I have uh, you can buy eight hardbacks for three hundred thirty three dollars or or twenty hardbacks for six hundred and sixty six dollars, um, and. Um, and yeah, I mean that's you know, you know if somebody sells on eBay or whatever, foreign editions are really hard to get. That's another thing that I, I'm kind of excited about because I I collect, I try to collect foreign editions of of uh, you know books by LeVay and, mm-hmm. and 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 Gilmore and stuff like that. And they're they're really hard to get and tend to be really expensive. And uh, another reason why I'm excited to be doing this. Uh, they're often pretty sketchy. Like I, I really wonder what the fuck that they're saying in some of these. <laughs> uh, you know, not that I doubt. You know, you know, I'm sure there's some well-intentioned people doing the translation, but um, usually it's like one person doing the translation, and um, you know, what concepts in English have they as a foreign language native not really grasped yeah. in the way that an English speaker would to interpret it because um, translating translating uh, you know a work of literature um, uh, translating something like this it's not you know you can't just use Google Translate 
you know. Yeah. <laughs> use Google Translate to communicate with somebody in a foreign language, you'll see that pretty quickly things break down. Um, I mean, just like, basic concepts like, like, like context. Like, uh, for, for this is this is an actual example uh, from our translation process in in one of the um, one of the essays. Uh, Peter uses the, the the term high school. Pretty straightforward. You and I know what a high school is, yeah. but because Spanish is spoken in so many different places by so many different people, it's just not that straightforward to say, oh, what's the Spanish for high school? Um, and, um, and, and and here we go. I'm going to uh, speak, speak Spanish again. So um, in, um, let me see, in, in Chile, high school is uh, Educación Media. Um, and in Argentina, it is Escuela Secundaria. Secundaria, Escuela Secundaria. <laughs> and again, you know, with, with all caveats about my Spanish ability. Um, in Puerto Rico, it is Alto Escuela. Uh, there's La, La Secundaria, Escuela Superior, um, or just Secundaria. Uh, and these are all valid ways to say the word high school in different uh, places. In Mexico, Preparatoria. So, um, all of those are, are valid Spanish ways to say high school, but what's the one way to say it that the majority of people will be able to understand it? The majority of Spanish readers will be able to understand it mm-hmm. and, um, and, and, and conveys the meaning. High school, obviously, not a very complex meaning, but, but right there, our translation team, uh, which is the reason why I sought out people from um, as many different... Um, uh, uh, geographic regions as possible to work on the translation team is because there's there's so much variation. I mean, there will be simple phrases um, in Spanish that because the cultures, you know, they speak Spanish, but there's still some cultural isolation going. You know, one word could have um, fairly common sexual euphemism be a sex, common sexual euphemism in in Guatemala uh, but you know have none of that association in um, in Chile for example yeah. so if you put a word you know it's it's um, it's like the word fag you know yeah, uh, in sure. America uh, you know in America and in England the word fag clearly means two different things um, you know, it's not, you know, it's bad for your health if you put a fag in your mouth in England, uh, it, but it's not so straightforward here in America. Uh, still bad for your health, I think, uh, post-80s epidemic. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, yeah, yeah. I said 80s, I meant AIDS. So, uh, <laughs> well, that's why I said not so straightforward. Could yeah, be yeah. very dangerous to put your put a fag in your mouth in America. <laughs> So it's it's uh, I mean we're talking about uh, language and and understanding you know the deeper meanings and this is all wrapped around a book that really tackles some complex ideas uh, certainly when it's dealing with uh, culturally significant notions like yeah. Satanism itself yeah you know something that is very much Western in its yeah. creation and interpretation and execution so. I imagine this would be a 
this was a gigantic challenge, uh, not just for you, but for the translators themselves. Yeah. So I mean, could you maybe walk us through uh, how you approached and how you chose the specific translators? And yeah. without, I don't want to, you know, name any names. It's not like right. a yeah, Marxist I, list or anything. But Right. No, I, I, and I, I, I try to be, anytime I'm dealing with Satanism and I'm working with other people, I tend to default to not mentioning them by name yeah. because I'm never 100%, you know, unless unless I'm 100% sure that they are public about their affiliation um, and and are comfortable with somebody else mentioning it, then I just I just default to to not using their name because you know it's still you know, people can you know people get to lose their job people can get threatened there's there's there are real dangers still mm-hmm. um, it's not like it has been in the past during the various satanic panics but it's still you know it can still be very dangerous for somebody to uh, come out as satanist and and the 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 people that I have working the guys and gals. I have working translating this book um you know some of them some of them live in um uh you know uh latin american uh uh countries and uh, which are heavily catholic you know um and uh it could you know could be dangerous for them i don't know yeah. um i think it's so, safe to say virtually so, every latin environment yeah. is pretty heavy <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is. Um, and uh, so it should be fun. I'm hoping that some, you know, crazy, uh, you know, uh, you know, s- s- Spanish language uh, uh, religious nut jobs uh, pick up on this and cause a big stink about yeah. it. Because that would be great advertising. <laughs> You know, especially, you know, if it was in like Mexico or, um, you know, Argentina or something like that, because I'm a long way away from that. And uh, <laughs> the danger, the direct danger to me was very minimal. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, but okay. like, how was that? Because you had already said that you don't speak Spanish. Well, well, I don't. So, so I, so I thought long and hard about devising a system where, it was sort of self-correcting, and um, and I think the translators know that I come, you know, that throughout this process, I've kind of checked in with each of them and asked their opinion about the work of the other translators and stuff like that, and um, and so although I can't gauge um, the work directly myself, because I have I have right now a team of you know. And and these are these are smart people, mm-hmm. uh, you know. One of them, uh, one of them that lives in the United States, um, you know, is is fluently bilingual, but his family uh, is Hispanic. Um, he is he's weeks away from a um, a degree in the Spanish language um, in, in in a university. Um, so I mean, he's dealing with Spanish. I mean, he you know he's a fluent speaker. But he's dealing with it in a specifically academic setting, yeah. um, and he's playing a, a major role. Uh, another one of my uh, main uh, people, uh, translators working on the project. Um, you know, he's a he's, he lives in um, a Latin American country, and he is, uh, you know, 
highly literate, very well read. He himself is working on uh, a graduate degree um, and uh, uh, has done has done translation work. So, um, and and you know, I have I have people from uh, with uh, Puerto Rican, Argentinian, Mexican, uh, Chilean backgrounds. Also, I have a nice spread. I actually don't have anybody uh, from Spain. Uh, it's itself working on the project, um, which would be nice. Uh, but we're still we're still in the process. I've I've got three phases or <clears throat> three phases of 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 the uh, of the translation and, and proofreading. And um, the first phase, actually, I mentioned Google Translation, but. Uh, and how you can't just use that, but I'm I actually am using Google products because all the people are are split up in different places. I found a um, had no idea it existed. Glad it does. Uh, uh, you know, thank the Lord below for uh, Google. And <laughs> they they have a they have something called a translator's toolkit, which you can uh, upload any text to, and it will do a rough machine translation. Put the link the two texts side by side, and then you can go f- work from the machine translation and change. And a lot of the machine translation, we've had to completely throw out the you know yeah, throw out yeah, the window yeah, and start over with. But it allows you know it's 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 an online tool, so any of the translate any anybody on the translation team can get on there, see the original English and the and the uh, and the Spanish translation wherever it's at, and work with them side by side. And the two are digitally linked, and so it's a really amazing uh, free product from Google. I'll accept their advertising for this free mm-hmm. product. I'll be their I'll be their product for their advertising for this for this uh, uh, tool, um, and um, and then we use Google Docs. Uh, so we have a, I have my main translator who is going through 100% of every single essay. As our conversation is happening, we're just over three quarters of the way. Uh, through the book in this initial stage of translation, which is absolutely awesome. Um, once he's gone through and he's satisfied that it's uh, 100%, then we have people come behind him and check because they're going to have the diversity of yeah. Spanish background. And uh, they go through and they leave comments all through the essay and little, you know, just digital comments. I think this word might be better. I think, um, I think uh, this other word. Uh, th- this is the, the. These are the connotations I get when I I see this word, and it's not positive. Um, and uh, and even to, you know, there's some simple typo things. Once three people have gone through and proofread and digitally signed off at the bottom, then it goes to uh, my my editor. Um, and that's somebody who takes all of the notes, the original work, all of the notes of commentary, and they make the final decision on what should be changed. Um, and he is, he's the, the academic, you know, the more kind oh, of yeah. academic one. And so he's making decisions based <clears throat> on, you know, proper, um, you know, a proper written Spanish. Um, and uh, once he has done with all of that and 
and um, he he was uh, a late addition to the team. So so happy to get a hold of him because of his, you know, his academic grounding in the language specifically. They're all smart guys, um, but uh, you know he he specializes in the language. Um, then I take the text. I'll be taking the text. I'll be typesetting it, and then everybody in the team plus will be expanding. And I'm looking. I'll be. I will be looking for a few uh, more proofreaders. We'll be getting PDFs um, of the typeset book to look for uh, typos and for further commentary. So every single essay in this book will be, you know, looked at for errors by at least 12 people who are uh, proficient and uh, at the at the at the end of the day by the time this thing goes to press um, at least 12 people and that's that's a hell of a lot more than most books um, get get yeah, unfortunately get, for sure right. I know I mean I, I work in uh, design as well and just something like uh, a magazine ad for example I'm working on one um, for this really annoying uh, property right now and they have literally three people going through it yeah and as a designer I, I'm not really knowledgeable about the product so I have to pretty much just go with what they tell me to go with sure and but of course I'm always like the blonde blame <laughs> if something goes to print <laughs> wrong though and so even with three people going over it yeah five six times mistakes yeah. are still made and overlooked. Yeah. And it's not until inevitably, and I think this is maybe a curse of just designers in general, until it goes to press, so it's on press or just after it's run, that's yeah. when you see something else. You're like, oh, mm -hmm. what is... <laughs> yeah. I've made so, egregious, egregious typographical errors that were not caught by people whose job it was to catch it. And of course, uh, you know, and you know this as the... You probably know this as a designer. I know that it's not my job it's not my job to catch these things. It's my job to design it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I'm committing the error yeah. by, you know, making a typo. And so you're committing the error, but not responsible for it. But I don't think there's any way that I can not somehow still feel responsible in some way. For sure. Yeah. Um, and, and in the first, uh, first, printing of the satanic scriptures there's a couple of typos in there <laughs> and uh you know and and uh you know and there's some there's some bitchy queeny i'll stop my you know expletives there <laughs> i get really uh individuals who have like oh there's typos in the book tisk tisk peter gilmore <laughs> but all right you know what? I, you know, I don't want to shout from the rooftops that I'm responsible for typos, but I tell you what, there were a few people responsible for them, but Peter Gilmore was not one of them. Yeah. But the writers, although he had a lot of set, you know, he obviously I consider I consider Peter a friend, and we he worked very we worked very closely together on the book. Um, you know, in general, and here specifically, an author is not responsible for typos. The <laughs> publisher is, okay? Because they should get that out. And and typos are nowhere near as uh, as as rare an occurrence as as people seem to believe they are. 
I'm act not sure. as they are. <laughs> yeah, act as they are. I, I, it makes me think that these people haven't read much, because some of the most <laughs> some of the most famous books published in American literature, their first editions had just egregious typos all over it. It's not you can't you can't blame you know the internets for making us stupid. I'm talking about big books from decades and decades yeah. ago. You know when ostensibly, you know, uh, 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 standards were much higher, but no. And what is that supposed to mean anyway? As if, as if because, um, you know, there, there's a letter out of place or there's a punctuation misplaced Uh, or or missing that what the meaning's gone. Like somehow that invalidates the entire book. Yeah. Like suddenly the message is just, well, now we know it's just some guy in a basement who did it. Uh, (laughs) Well, Well, let me ask you this because, uh, it, it sort of threw me for a loop a little bit, and okay. uh, I'm, I'm always curious about things. So the first time you published the original, the first time, so the original <laughs> publishing of the Satanic Scriptures was uh-huh. traditional publishing, I'm assuming. What oh, made yeah, you, yeah, yeah. What no, made you go we, with Kickstarter this time? Okay, so with, uh, yeah, we it was it was a fairly, you know, Scapegoat Publishing is an independent publisher, small press, you know, it, it all the the money came from loans from friends and stuff like that i mean you know that's what independent you know independent presses do and stuff like that you know sure, you know uh, we did the best absolute you know i don't you know i don't think we could have done this book better we you know we we didn't cheap out on anything but you know we we paid for it and uh and it's you know and it's paid off um but we were 100% sure that it would pay off because we know there's a market for this book, which with small publishing, that's rarely a guarantee. There are only a few books that, that I've been involved in publishing that I was really sure that we're going to have a, 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 a really sure that it was going to sell well. And um, the Satanic Scriptures was definitely the one I felt most secure about, and so so I, I think that that allowed us to to um, kind of do whatever we you know felt would be best for the book. With Las Escrituras Satanicus, um, I'm doing the Kickstarter because I just don't know if I can reach the market. I'm sure the market is there for, but. Publishing a slipcase or printing um, a, a limited slipcase edition and uh, and a really nice hardback edition. What people don't know, uh, to digress re- really quickly, what another thing that people don't really realize is, and it may sound strange to say because it's it's it sounds strange to me saying it. Um, we use real cloth on the uh, on the covers of the hardback and on the slipcases themselves. But most people don't realize that most most hardback books are bound in cheap paper. And if there's if they look like they have cloth covering, that's that's like a fake cloth on most books. It's just not a real cloth. So the um with this um with the satanic, satanic scriptures, you know, we real, used a real cloth binding, and all of those things—the cream paper, the real cloth binding, um, the 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 little silk bookmark, um, et cetera, et cetera—that that makes for—I don't want to 
I don't want to put out numbers here, but it's a lot of money to yeah. to print. Um, and um, I mean, it is one of those things that also feeds into. I mean, you're talking about real hardcore attention to detail stuff that really book collectors are the only ones that are going to know. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, you yeah. really have to have a passion to do but that. And here's the thing: it's it's sort of like, and you as I, I'm not telling you anything because you're a graphic designer and you know this. Something that's really well designed, somebody should know. Somebody should be able to know absolutely zero about design mm-hmm. and know that it's well designed. They may not ever be able to say that it's well designed, but it should just be right to them Uh, somebody that knows nothing about a design design can look at something and see really crappy design that's easy to bad design is really easy to spot but especially when you're dealing with uh page design and something uh of of, uh text heavy stuff nobody should be able to nobody should have to think about the design they should just be experiencing the object and that's what you know i a, a lot of times when you notice the design of something then that means you know what it's not that well designed because it should just be a beautiful object and it was designed in a way to make you notice the design instead of the the totality of it yeah. and um and I, I think there's a i think there's an important kind of um, I don't know. There's again, there's an important framework to kind of view that through. Um, See, and I'm I'm totally picking up what you're putting down here, but I'm afraid, and maybe it's just because I think humanity as a whole is worthless as shit. <laughs> I, I don't think most people understand that. In what I yeah. think is a very important basic concept. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're talking, we're speaking specifically to design and function and purpose, and that equates successful design but i think regular people if they don't notice the design you know just as you said success that means we did the good job when when they are paying attention to it that's when we have to worry and sometimes that's the intent and sometimes it's not in in a tone like this in in a collection like this i think it's important not to focus on the design but to focus on the core concepts that are being delivered through the design right yeah absolutely not that somebody shouldn't be looking at the I mean, if somebody looks at the book and, and, and says this is a beautifully designed book, that's, that's one thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with so much television, so many – here's – I think there's a, there's a book uh, called uh, – it's called The Design of Everyday Things. Um, and uh, it's, by, it's written by a guy named Donald A. Norman. If anybody is interested in design and the psychology – of design, I highly recommend the book. It's really interesting. It'll make you look at doors in an entirely new way. Um, and I'll give you one of the big. Uh, there, there's there, there's a thing called Norman Doors now, named after this guy and his and, and his work. And um, but if you've ever gone to a door and you've pulled it to open and it doesn't open, and you're like, is it is it locked? Are they closed? Are you what you know whatever? And then you look at the sign and you say, oh, the sign says push. Well, everybody thinks that they're stupid for pulling on the door that you're supposed to push. But the design of simple things tell us 
how we're supposed to interact with it without having a stupid sign. And I've worked as a graphic designer. I've worked professionally doing sign work. And I'll tell you, people don't read signs. Mm. <laughs> you know, it should be things should be designed so that it is natural for us to use them. And what has happened is they've put a push handle or they've designed it. They've designed that door so it's a push door but they put it in a frame where you're supposed to pull it. Um, something that you reach a handle that you reach your hand around and grasp. That's a pull handle, mm -hmm. but a, but like a big flat bar, that's a push handle. And so people feel stupid because they pushed a door that you're supposed to pull, but it's really stupid and thoughtless uh, uh, design of the door or a selection of door and people just don't people just don't think about it until and and so you have jobs where i had a great you know job as a kid working at this used record store where we had a where we had a goddamn push <laughs> door in a pull frame yeah. if if your audience you know understands how i'm i'm putting that together and we would watch people just run into that door all day long. And it was just a never-ending source of hilarity. But it wasn't, wasn't really, the, although I'm sure most of those people were, you know, uh, uh, average or below average intelligence. Uh, it wasn't really them. It was that stupid door. Yeah. Even though, you know, if it had a sign in it or not. So that's what I'm, that's kind of to, to reiterate the idea of of good design and nobody would pay attention to that door nobody would read the word pull on that door if it was designed well in the beginning you wouldn't need a sign that tells you how to interact with the door if somebody put some thought into what kind of door or what kind of handle to put on the door and and people don't think about that 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 kind of stuff but that's the reason why that's the reason why Product designers can get paid, you know, a lot of money if they're really good because yeah. they've considered these these things. Let's pull this back just a little bit here because uh, we started talking about Kickstarter and oh my as god, both we're talking prone, about that. <laughs> we we uh, digress. I just ran down a rabbit hole. I got to tell you though, I, the, the audience loves stuff like this. Loves okay. it, so <laughs> they don't mind it all, right? Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about the Kickstarter here. You. Okay. you I'm, so I think the point that I was trying to make is, um, you know, I'm a uh, non-Spanish speaker living in Baltimore, trying to sell us. You know, trying to figure out if I can sell a Spanish language book, um, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, not just a, I mean, we're not talking about, uh, you know, a Spanish translation of, a, a, you know, a New York Times top top 10 book. Hmm. We're, we're talking about a very niche topic. Yeah. Satanism is a very niche topic itself. Um, so, you know, going back to the money thing, if I'm sure that, you know, I, I'm not. We, you know, I'm not the fucking Gideons, you know, <laughs> I'm not printing. I'm not going to print a billion fucking Bibles to hand them out for free. Fuck yeah. you. I don't care what you believe. Oh, you know, I think this is an important work. I love this book. Um, I worked 
you know, I've worked harder on this Kickstarter project and I've worked harder on this translation than any book that I've ever got. I, I you know, I've ever worked on, um, I put more time and thought and I, it's, it's, it's really strange that I put more time, thought and energy into this, into this Kickstarter launch and into this book. Um, and it's just a translation of a book that I've already published, but I guess, <laughs> I, you know, at least I've got a foundation. I kind of at least know what I'm doing with, uh, with the actual physical product itself. So, you know, I can indulge in spending, um, a lot of times figuring other stuff out because, the form factor, all of that stuff is figured out. It's pretty much using a different language. That's mm. going to be the that's going to be the easy easy part. Um, although there are a lot of weird things with typography as well, and different languages have all kinds of different rules for for typesetting. I mean, hyphenation rules. There, you know, I don't know. A lot of people don't realize that you know certain word there there are like specific words in the English language, much less other languages. Uh, that have specific points of hyphenation, all mm-hmm. kinds of ridiculous minutia. But, you know, that I can get figured out pretty easy. And the form factor I've already gotten figured out. What I hadn't yet, what I hadn't figured out when I approached Peter about the Spanish translation of his book near the end of last year, uh, 2011, I haven't figured out if I could actually sell a really nice edition and I'm still not sure um, and that's why that's 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 why I said you know what this 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 crowdfunding thing whatever you want to call it it's really interesting um, at when I first saw it I was like oh this is neat you know as people kind of come together and they can throw money at different neat projects and I like the idea and at some point at some point, it dawned on me. It's like, you know what? This is probably the most meritocratic uh, system for producing goods that I think exists. Because literally, the only way that these projects are going to happen is if there's enough people that think they're worthwhile to happen. Mm-hmm. And And obviously... And I say it in the pitch video, and I'm not trying to give your audience a pitch, you know. But my job. <laughs> Satanism, uh, you've done an awesome job of it, you know, and I, that's that's great. Um, but, you know, Satanism is about, you know, does profess that meritocracy is the is kind of the best way. When you have when you have a choice to set up a system, it should be meritocratic. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I what I like about Satanism is the I guess the morality tends to be descriptive rather than prescriptive, that it it sees the world as it is instead of dreaming about how it should be. And it deals with it in that fashion. But it's but we do set up systems, you know, we are in the power to set up systems. And when we are, then that system should be based on merit rather than, uh, you know, uh, who your fucking cousin is fucking or, uh, you know, <laughs> what kind of skin they have yeah. or, or whatever. You know, let, let me jump in here really quick. Yeah, please. Because I think part of this has a lot to do with with reach. Uh, and I think this is, this is a huge, huge thing when it comes, certainly when it comes to something like Satanism where uh, I would argue 
and though I have no numbers to back, just <laughs> rational thinking, I'm hoping, I would argue that there are a lot more self-identifying and even interested Satanists than there are members of the Church of Satan. Um, again, just me talking shit, I don't know for mm-hmm. sure, but but just no. from my own experience. So, yeah. in order, I mean, we're talking about a, a, a meritocracy of, of ideas, but something like this, I mean, it certainly, especially if there's not something that exists already mm-hmm. that is properly translated and giving the proper idea of what Satanism is and what uh, the Satanic Scriptures is to an audience um, that doesn't know. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say whether this idea has weight or not, especially right. when you know, you're dealing with pure unknowns. You're dealing with concepts that you hope people are going to appreciate, yeah. but... I mean, certainly, and I ask this with the Satanic Scriptures, but I I think I have to sort of ask it here, and and though I think you've already answered it, I'm kind of digging for elaboration here. Sure. Do you think this is going to happen? And if it does, uh, I'm sorry, if it doesn't, Uh what about all the hard work? And and is it something Uh, that you'll shelve for a while? No, well, we've got the the Kickstarter is for a a slipcase and hardback edition. Um Come Halloween, there's going to be a paperback edition, no matter what. Uh, I, I, I believe there will be enough demand, uh, whatever the outcome of this is, to produce an inexpensive paperback edition. Um, and so all of this work has an end, um, you know, and, and in... Right now, we're at, uh, you know, we're uh, four and a half days in, something like that, uh, almost five days in. And um, from from everything that all of my research tells me that you get a majority of your funding within the first 48 hours and then the last 48 hours. Yeah. So no matter how long you're on your campaign for, it still generally abides by that. And throughout the, uh, you know, X number of days in between um, those those times tends to be a trickle, unless some big blog or website or news outlet picks your story up um, and then pushes a lot of traffic your direction. And, you know, it's possible that may happen, but with the subject matter, you know, a lot of times they'll just, they'd just rather leave it alone, you know? There's a lot of different reasons why it 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 may not get a mass you know some sort of mass press or whatever, um, and um, and so we'll see. We're at we're at about thirty five percent funding. Uh, the nine thousand dollar goal doesn't actually cover the entire cost of the print run, um, but that's a so I mean you know I, I I'm not putting numbers out, but I will tell you. That obviously, because that nine thousand dollar number is there, that's that's the number I said. Well, I'm comfortable if I pre-sell nine thousand dollars worth of stuff, then I can I'll cover the rest of the cost of producing this book. And the you know the cost isn't just in getting the book printed right. um, and and having them shipped over, which just shipping the books is going to be hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Um, and distributing them, et cetera. Um, 
so that doesn't cover that doesn't cover everything, but that's 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 my level where I'm like, all right, I'll cover the rest, and then, you know, I think that projects us into being profitable, and um, I'm not looking to, you know, retire off of Las Escrituras Satanicas, but I'm <laughs> I'm not gonna lose my fucking I'm not gonna lose my house over it either. Yeah, yeah. So that would be. A- <laughs> that would just be stupid. Yeah, that would be stupid and quite unfucking satanic. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So, why Kickstarter over something else? And so, I, I think ah. it's important to note really quick that Kickstarter is actually a brand. It's yeah. a it's a format like PayPal or something like that that you would uh, you know donate. And I hate saying the, say the word donate. You reserve your position of of copy or something. Hey, somebody just brought a bought a brimstone lapel pin. <laughs> I, just <laughs> exactly. saying, I just got a little notice on my screen. This is uh, yeah. really awesome, by the way. Really I absolutely agree. Out. I mean, oh yeah, I sent. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you've uh, uh, I don't know if you've let it slip, but I sent uh, since I already made the, the the obviously the hardbacks and the slip cases. Those won't be made unless this is successful. But I went ahead and had these lapel pins uh, made, and I. Uh, I sent Adam. Uh, I sent Adam one of them, and uh, so he's seen him in person. He knows that they're not just uh, some like uh, paper mache doodads with a safety <laughs> pin attached to him. Yeah, no, it's it's <clears throat> it's high quality work, and I actually brought it to uh, my Valpergusnock ritual, and it got large acclaim. I mean, it, just a very classic design. Everyone immediately recognized where it was from. Uh, beautiful piece. Uh, and I mean, if you're paying attention, the lapel pin is actually in a number of places online. So you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it's available in multiple formats. I think everyone should uh, reach out. And if you know, if for some reason you don't want a Spanish translation as a investment, if you don't speak Spanish, then um, and you don't want to buy it for a friend, which you probably should, then uh, you know, just get the lapel pin and donate an extra scrilla for uh, the cause because I, it's it's definitely important. Um, let's sort of and round I mean, back. Th- Thirteen bucks is fucking nothing. Yeah, well, you yeah, know, it's, it's literally less than a movie ticket. I mean, <laughs> so anyway, so let's talk about uh, uh, the rituals. How would you translate yeah. rituals? In, in were there special considerations? Okay. Yeah, um, you know, I'm going to assume that your audience, you know, has has the satanic rituals and has, um, you know, seen how they're. Um, designed uh, and typeset, and that, I mean that's that's fine. Um, but uh, I guess I guess uh, speaking of design earlier, that would be a, a, a great way to. I wish we were segueing uh, into that now, but since that was a whole digression, now we're actually supposed to be talking about that. So <laughs> um, yeah, um, it all kind of. I think with the with the, in discussing the design of the rituals in the back section of the Satanic Scriptures, it all seems pretty obvious when it's discussed, uh, when when it's explained. Uh, but again, you know, good design should be should be pretty obvious. So you have, um, I won't go into all of the tiny little decisions that are made, but um, if you look at one of the essays. Um, uh, and compare the typesetting of the essays to the typesetting of the rituals. Uh, the first thing you notice is that 
any of the spoken parts are set in uh, uh, a larger typeface. And the idea is that people will probably actually use this book. If they don't transcribe these um, uh, texts, they could actually use this book to, you know, in a ceremony. If they were performing um, a... uh, you know, performing the satanic wedding or, or something like that. Um, you'll see that you'll notice that, um, all of the, all of the actions that you're supposed to be supposed to do, um, such as, uh, congregation in the, uh, invocation to Satan. Um, you'll see that, uh, uh, all of the, I guess the stage movement, stage directions, if you will, they're all set in the same typeface. It's all centered in a smaller typeface with small caps. So it's as legible as possible, but there's a clear hierarchy in all of the text that distinguishes what is that. what. Everything, every single aspect of these rituals, uh, we figured out what belonged to what, and we had a very specific typesetting for that type of text um so the names of the uh the names of all the different um uh, i guess principles in it such as celebrant congregation uh etc those are all set in a very spe- you know at a at a very specific point um the uh the dialogue itself is set in a larger typeface so if you're you know, performing by candlelight or something like that, you might actually be able to read. Uh, You'll notice that almost every single section, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know if there's a single ritual that has, um, that carries over to, uh, how am I going to describe this? A third page. Um, all of them are contained on either a single page or a page spread. Um, you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to turn a page in the middle of some emotional. You yeah. know, um, to us, thy devoted disciples, O infernal Lord. Hold on, let me turn the page. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's either a full page spread or it, it ends on that. You know, it ends on that page, and I might have had to make an exception to something, but um, I, I I really worked to make sure there. Yeah, um, I see one here where 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 I had to uh, had to put it on a third page, but the exceptions are 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 pretty rare where you have to break in the middle of uh, of some sort of dialogue. Because that breaks that. that breaks the whole thing, and I, I want yeah. it to be usable. I want it to be logical, and people shouldn't have to think about these things. They should be able to, you know, if they're performing the ritual, they should have memorized the stage actions. So in the actual act itself, they shouldn't have to read stage directions to know what to do. They might need to read the dialogue. They shouldn't have to read the stage directions, but they're still there as a reminder. I so love that. a lot that, of thought went into all of that. I've done a number of, of rituals, and I, actually this last of all, Purchase Knocked was my first group ritual. And, mm. you know, there's little things that you just never take into account. 
Yeah. Like size of the type for one, and, and knowing you know having to turn the page and picking up or or <clears throat> reading it, looking up at your congregation, looking back down, trying to pick up your place. Mm-hmm. So there's there's little things like that that are hugely important, and the fact that you you know actually were were thinking about that when you were yeah. designing this is amazing, and I know every <laughs> every ritual uh, practitioner is going to be appreciative <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I've I've considered in a number of times uh, putting together a kind of um, a guideline for how I how I typeset the rituals, but I figure it's if somebody's really that interested, they can look and they can kind of see how I did it and and use and pull whatever they wanted to. But but I'm still be I'm pretty, pretty cool to release. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it should be like a blog post or something like yeah. that. Um, maybe I'll discuss it in the uh, uh, stay down here. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, well, I mean, let's. Uh, we we've pretty much covered the, the genesis of the project, the the process of the project, and uh, we've touched and teased the Kickstarter rewards themselves. So, I mean, essentially, we have uh, different levels of of I, I don't know activity. Do you want to run, run down on that? Yeah. Really okay. So with uh, with Kickstarter, I think you kind of ex- you kind of started explaining the platform and and what 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 this all actually means. Um, and they referred to you know it's being referred to by a number of names. Crowd uh, crowdfunding is kind of a uh, you know a popular way to refer to these types of things. I chose Kickstarter over some alternatives like Indiegogo. Uh, because really, Kickstarter. There's a couple of things that I liked about Kickstarter. There's a couple of things that I, I'm not wholly satisfied with, but you know, there is no perfect solution. Right. Uh, the one thing that I really like about Kickstarter is it's all or nothing, and I think that's something that probably should be underlined. Uh, right now, if I didn't get a penny more, if it stayed at three thousand one hundred and fifteen, oh wait a minute. 3130 because of that uh, 15 bucks that I saw came in earlier. Um, if it stayed at that for the rest of the 36 days, then I wouldn't get a single penny. And nobody would be charged a single penny because it didn't hit that $9,000 number. It's all or nothing. Mm-hmm. And what that means is if we don't hit $9,000, then... I don't owe anybody anything. I don't have to print a book that three people want. I don't have to print <laughs> 1,500 copies of a book that three people want. Yeah. Or or even just, you know, 30 or whatever. I don't want to print 1,500 books of something that only 30 people want, unless those 30 people are willing to pay a shitload of money. For those <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then I'll be happy. That's fine. Um. So it's it's this all or nothing thing, and that also gives people, um, you know, uh, 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 there's a lesser magic aspect at work here. Um, it gives people, and I'm up, I've been upfront with this the whole start. And I'm not trying to play, I'm not trying to play your listeners for for marks, right. because I've been right up front with them about everything. There is a motivation if you want something in this. There's a motivation for you to let other people know about it. Because if you want one of these books, uh, you it's got to get to $9,000 for you to get it. And that means unless you're kicking in um, 
$5,870, right, you know, tonight, then other people need to be kicking in some cash. And so there's a a very obvious motivation for to to get people to spread the word. And that's what I needed, you know. I don't really need to sell $13 lapel pins. I don't. They're awesome. I'm so glad I got them done. And and I don't want I don't want charity. I don't want to be running a charity where people are just throwing money at me. Hmm. I mean, I love I love people. <laughs> if they want to, I mean, <laughs> but I don't like the idea of charities. Right. So I don't want to run one. I want to sell people stuff. And so um the $13 pin is awesome. Glad I did it and that gives them kind of a low if somebody doesn't give a shit about the book the this or the Spanish language edition, they can buy one of these awesome pins, throw some cash at, throw the the minimum thirteen dollars if they want to throw twenty dollars in, that's cool, um, you know, and that helps me get you know that helps the book become a reality, uh, but it's only if I hit nine grand that uh, that I'll chip in the rest of the money myself mm-hmm. to cover the cost of printing. And then this thing will get actually printed and everybody will get what they want. So we've talked about uh, the price of the lapel. What about the price of a paperback? Okay, so I guess we can kind of quickly, you know, I I don't want to go through, I, w- I don't want to go through like every single stage because right. uh, if, if, if your listeners are interested, um, hopefully they've already been there and are just looking at more and maybe uh, for some odd reason waiting until tomorrow or the next day to uh, <laughs> uh, to jump in. Um, but all of the all of the reward levels are just variations of four different things, and that's the lapel pin um, or uh, prendiador con el símbolo de as Azufre. Oh, fuck. I fucked Whoa. that one up. Azufre. All right. So that's a brimstone lapel pin. Uh, edition in Rostuka, uh, which is a paperback. Edition de Tampadura, which is a hardback uh, with uh, dust jacketed. And then Edition de Lujo en Estuche Especial, which uh, is number 13 on the menu. It's delicious with uh, avocado. <laughs> Dusting um, of Parmesan and cilantro. Yeah, well, you know, get 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 the jalapenos and it's perfect. <laughs> no, um, and that's the that's the signed, numbered, uh, and limited slipcase edition. And I'm actually doing something I kind of like with this is um, we printed 250 uh, slipcase. We printed a little bit. We numbered 250 slipcase of the English edition. And um, they sold out within 24 hours. So I'm going to, because I have, I already have a false limitation set up, which is the 40 days. Um, Since there's already this false limitation on that, then I'm going to allow as many slipcases as people want to buy within that 40 days. And then I'm no longer going to be selling them at retail. I might put some on the secondary market, right? But it's not going to be as cheap as you can get them here uh, during right. Kickstarter. Um, so, and you know, other people if they want to, you know, whatever. There's so the actual count 
will be based on what people pre-order and, uh, and and they won't be sold retail any other time and it's a hundred bucks and um, it's a uh, hundred dollars you can only get it in the next uh, you know I, I'm not sure what day this will go out but uh, there's probably still a few dozen days left uh, when most of your listeners will hear this you can only get it through the the Kickstarter project which you can easily find uh, by you you gave them the addresses you'll put it in the uh, show notes absolutely um, and if you've seen the um, now you said you only have a, a paperback of uh, the uh, the English edition have you seen the slipcase yes and my okay. uh, greedy eyes are <laughs> trying to <laughs> work out a way to <laughs> budget it. <laughs> yeah, and it's really nice. You know, we've got the silver foil stamping on the spine. We've got an awesome silver uh, silver foil stamped Baphomet and then on, on one side of the slipcase and that, and Timothy Patrick Butler's uh, designed uh, brimstone uh, in black uh, uh, and, and like a, a black stamping on the other side. And a lot of people use this. Uh, a lot of people display this on their altar as, as part mm. of their like home altars. And um, it's, it's, it's pretty slick. Um, and yeah, so those, so you, you can't really put off, you can't really put off getting, getting one of those unless you want to pay a lot of money for it later. Um, and uh, and if you and, and and if you're like, well, maybe I'll you know get one later. If enough people do that, then it's not going to exist at all, and only a paperback will. So, um, so it's just it's just a combination of those 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 four items really. And then there are a couple things where you there's the English and the Spanish version, which are limited to nine. Mm-hmm. So if anybody wants that, they need to get on that pretty quickly and. I've got a little video that explains different levels and, you know, go to lasescriptoresatanicas.com or just find me and I'll be, I'll be, uh, uh, you know, I'll be pushing media out about it uh, for yeah, the I'll, next 35 days and you and your show notes. Yeah, and I'll make sure it's it's everywhere as well. I mean, let's keep in mind because on one hand, it's, it's going to be nice to have a copy of a foreign language edition of a book that you already own. Or it would be nice to get a hardcover of a book you have a soft cover of, or a slipcase as it goes. Um, but also, let, let's keep in mind that as Satanists, speaking for myself, I get frustrated and even at times angry when people misunderstand what it means. Yeah, we have a modern interpretation, and not even interpretation, but a modern dictate of what mm-hmm. Satanism is. Uh, through this Satanic Scriptures uh, by Peter Gilmore. And we, if we want to make sure that it is understood and it reaches a vaster audience, this okay. is a perfect way to do that. Yeah. So if you're bitching at any time in your life that people don't understand that sacrificing goats is not Satanism, <laughs> well, this is your chance to help erase that from the planet, from, from yeah. our collective human consciousness. Yeah. Uh, we there's no excuse not to at least do the lapel pin level. There's no excuse for it if you're saying this. In my opinion, I know some people won't. That's cool. Whatever. Sometimes financially you just can't swing it. Okay, I get that. 
But if you are capable, do what you are capable of and support what is really your voice personified. And you're not going to be able to do that with anything else, certainly nothing that has come to date. And I would venture to say for decades. And I, I, I got to tell you, if um, if 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 there's there's obviously there's there are people um, in Spanish speaking countries that put out stuff on Satanism um, and just like just like in the United States there's a lot of stuff which is really antagonistic to the Church of Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and we just, I'll tell you, we just found a guy who contacted me because of this who said that he's, he's claiming that he completed uh, his own translation of the Satanic Scriptures two months ago. I have oh. no, he hasn't, you know, I haven't seen anything, but... I started instantly. I'm like, who is this guy? What's he done? What are his, you know, what are his motivations for this? Because I knew, I know for a fact that he, that nobody was working on an authorized Spanish language translation. So, um, and I found this guy's published, um, published uh, some stuff that was really critical of the Church of Satan. Um, and Anton LaVey, like ex- explicitly. And um, so, you know, I don't know if he was planning on bootlegging uh, the book, but I know he was giving, he's giving his own books away for free online. So he's obviously inclined to just, you know, throw this stuff out there. And who knows what he would have who knows who knows how good his translation would have been and who knows it's like um it's just like um uh, a few years ago this this idiot ray comfort who's a creationist uh and he works with a uh, uh uh idiot child former child actor kirk cameron to push creationism he released um an edition of charles darwin's uh origin of species with his own his own written introduction, basically trying to refute uh, <laughs> Darwinian up. evolution, and gave tons of them away for free. And they started, I, I, I started seeing them pop up in used bookstores. And um, you know, if somebody goes to the bookstore now, uh, they might pick up uh, this. This, uh, I, I mean. Strictly speaking, objectively, as a Satanist, it was pretty, pretty goddamn clever of him. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, uh, he's he's a a, a a cultural enemy of mine. So you know, I'll give him, <laughs> I, I, you know, credit where credit is due. It was pretty clever, but he's a fucking idiot. So, um. You know, who knows what this guy would have done with this text. And he still might, and it still might be that he just puts it out there. You can't stop piracy in today's right, right. world. But at least with this edition, if this, you know, if if this happens, which at least a paperback will happen, but, you know, not only will we know that there is a good, real translation that looks good, you know, and is packaged, and that the hardback and the 
slipcase edition will be packaged well. Um, the translation will be solid. Everybody working on it is, um, you know, is 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 solid. <laughs> Let's say that. And uh, um, you know, there'll there'll be no, you know, that's that's the best that's the best thing we've got against you know pirates and 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 detractors. Again, uh, everyone, get out there, support the cause. Uh, <clears throat> not even the cause, the project. Uh, Kickstarter for Los Escritores Satanicus. Uh, do what you can. You know, I mean, no one's asking for your mortgage. I mean, if you want to give it, cool. <laughs> but I mean, no one's asking for it. Uh, you know. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I've gone out of my way to try to say, you know, I don't want, I, you know. I don't want I you know the reason why I, one of the reasons why I went with chair with Kickstarter is because they don't allow charities. Mm-hmm. I don't want to run this as a charity. I think there are self-interested reasons to give money to the project and not get anything out of it. But um, but I, I I want to sell people stuff. I want to sell some you know awesome stuff, and I want to produce this really awesome book. I'm not trying to you know uh, you know at at no point do I want you know this to to come off as like well. You know, I'll give you know I'll give him a, a few sh- a few shekels to the beggar. I really want. Uh, uh, it's 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 a great project. It's a great idea, and uh, you know I think people can contribute to the idea without you know if they don't want anything or just want a brimstone lapel pin without feeling like they're like you know because that's just, I don't know charities. I don't really I don't like the idea of charities. I don't like the. I certainly don't like the. You know, generally don't like the idea of nonprofits. But there are a few one out there. But I'm not trying to run either one. Mm-hmm. Trying to make some books. Want to sell them. Not hiding that. But uh, but I think there are a lot of good reasons to support it. Again, I, I don't um, want to give itch. Yeah, I'm I'm right behind you there. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. I I truly hey. appreciate your time, and uh, I always love having you on. It's a lot of fun. The tangents, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, if. Uh, you know, if uh, if you're if you have even ten percent of your audience still listening at this point, then you know, <laughs> good for them. I, I, you know, I apologize profusely, but uh, I tend to be self-depreciating in my humor, and um, and uh, you know, thank you for having me on the show as always. Uh, I thank I thank the the three people still hanging in there and listening now. You guys are awesome. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> we just want to uh, tell you that we started only with three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, you know, shoot me an email if you have any questions. I'm on, you know, I'm pretty public uh, with stuff. It's pretty easy to 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 reach out to me. And and uh, if any of your listeners have any questions about the project or whatever, then uh, love to to talk to them about it. And uh, I'd love to see a notification from them popping up that. Uh, they're picking up a copy of the book or, or lapel pin. Hell yeah. Well, uh, until we can speak again on the, whatever random talk comes up, uh, I'm sure there's going to be something I'm going to try to pull you onto the show for. Sounds great. Anytime. Hail Satan, man. Hail Satan. All right. If you're still with me, thank you. <laughs> that was That was a long discussion and much longer than I ever normally have my show. Uh, but I do really appreciate you hanging in there. And I think it was entertaining, which is why I maintained it. I mean, I could have cut out a lot, but I I just felt like, you know, this deserves a whole show dedicated to it. 
uh, and certainly on the heels of what I think is a monumental interview for Nine Cents, and even um, for an intimate look at our high priest, uh, Megas Peter H. Gilmore. Okay, but you know what? That's going to do it for another show. That's it. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> I would love to hear from you. Visit the website 9centspodcast.com and send your correspondence to info at 9centspodcast.com. Let me know of any suggestions, critiques, corrections, or general comments you might have. You can visit the SatanNet, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, or MySpace page for 9cents and get updated on weekly topics. Listen to the show at RadioFreeSatan.com or download the show Monday nights via my RSS feed found at 9centspodcast.com. You can also subscribe via iTunes by searching 9cents. And don't forget to leave a rating or comment. And I gotta say, for the, those of you who have left a rating, thank you very much. Uh, those of you who left a comment, you rock. For those of you who haven't, what is the problem, my friends? What's up? Takes you seconds. Come on. Hook a brother up. <laughs> if you'd like to learn more about the Church of Satan, visit churchofsatan.com. And if you'd like to hear other fine satanic voices, music, or personalities, visit radiofreesatan.com, an online streaming radio station. Once again, thank you for joining me, and as always, I am your host, Adam Campbell, and until next week, Hail Satan! Right? That wasn't, that wasn't too strong. I, mean, I could subdue it. Hail Satan. No, fuck that. It needs it needs the strength behind it. Hail Satan! Oh yeah.